Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Leviticus 16 through 18. Have you ever lived somewhere where there just really needed to be a new road? Where there was some place that you wanted to get to and you frankly just had to go around what seemed reasonable and a new road just needs to be built through here. And maybe sometimes you've been living in a developed area where guess what? That new road opens up and there's this new way to get to where you need to go. Well, we cannot really, I think, read our passage today without, as New Testament believers, thinking about the new road that is opened up to get where this passage is talking about. Remember the book of Leviticus, asking these questions, how do we get to God and how do we walk with God? And think about that question, how do we get to God in a very literal sense, that God had chosen even above this mercy seat in the most holy place there in the tabernacle for his presence to rest. And so literally getting into the tabernacle is how do you get to God? You come in through an entrance, you bring an offering, there's a place to wash, there's stuff in this outer room, and then there's this inner room. Now, who gets to go into the inner room? One person, one time a year. And that is what Leviticus 16 will focus on. Leviticus 16 teaches us about the Day of Atonement. You still hear people talk about this today when people talk about Yom Kippur. That's what it means. It's the Day of Atonement. Atonement. And this was a special day. This was a holiday, but we associate often holidays with feasting. If you read the passage today, you will see this holiday was meant to be associated with fasting. This was a day for them, it says, even to afflict themselves. And you see this whole process where Aaron comes, he offers a sin offering for himself. So that he can go in, he offers a goat for the sin offering of the people, uh, for like on behalf of the people, and then there is this other goat. This is where even this idea of scapegoat comes in. That then is sent out into the wilderness. It is sent away, and in verse twenty-two, it says, "This scapegoat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness." And so, the Day of Atonement it even has that idea: we have sin that needs to be atoned for. And so, you see, this was meant to be a serious day for the people of Israel, uh, for their sins to be atoned for. And we, now we look back on this and we see how this points forward to Christ, how Christ is our atonement, how Christ has borne our sins. I don't think it's right for us to read this passage. Again, we want to understand the then, what, what this meant to them at the time, But we should see, well, look how this has been fulfilled. Look how this points to Christ. And let's consider even some that the New Testament says about the effect of what Christ has done. Uh, That's where I come back to this road analogy. There is a new way 
access to God in this way used to be limited to one man one time a year. And the New Testament teaches that that has changed. A new road has opened up. Just consider uh, Hebrews. There's so much we could go to in Hebrews. Uh, Chapter 9, though, is probably what puts it most clearly. It says in verse 1, Now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section, in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. It is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place, having the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded and the table of the covenant. Now, most of that should be pretty familiar to us if you've been reading through the design of the tabernacle. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Now, here we're going to get to the Day of Atonement in Hebrews 9. These preparations having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section, performing their ritual duties, but into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. That's what you read about in Leviticus 16. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. And then it talks about how, you know, this ultimately cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper. But then verse 11, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Do you see that there? How much more does the blood of Christ now purify us? Your sin is atoned for not through ritual, not through sacrifice of animals. It is accomplished through Christ. Christ is our atonement. And so if you're asking, okay, so what? So what about this one This is a great reason to worship. If we think about those words, learn, worship, apply, you should worship Christ for the atonement that only he can bring to you. Uh, Another thing to think about this and and to apply to your mindset is this should give you assurance. The the fact that Christ has done this once for all should give you assurance. Talk about this new road. Here's language in Hebrews that reminds us of that. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. You see that we can approach God with assurance and with confidence 
because of what Christ has done for us. That's something you need to believe today. And you need to realize the confidence you should have in approaching God does not come through your works. It does not come through your flesh. It comes through what Christ has done. So you can pray today. You can confess your sin today. You can seek the Lord today because of what Christ has done. Now, the rest of our reading today uh, shows starting to see this theme that this theme really does carry over in many ways without maybe some of these particulars. It, we, we see that God's people are meant to be holy. God's people who have been atoned for are now to live differently. And that hasn't changed. There's a new road, but in that sense, those rules of the road are the same. We, we are still to be distinct people who have been cleansed by God to serve him. You even saw that in Hebrews, right? The blood of Christ, it purifies our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so the different things you see in 17 and 18, chapters 17 and 18 of Leviticus, these are ways then that the people were to be distinct from those around them. And I want to focus mostly on chapter 18. You see in the beginning, uh, just the rationale for this, where God says, speak to the people and say to them, I am the Lord, your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. Verse four, you shall follow my rules and keep my statutes to walk in them. I am the Lord, your God. So what we see, don't be like the world that I have redeemed you out of. You need to live for me. And the rest of chapter 18 talks really about sexual purity. And that is something I want us to see as a very common thread throughout all of the Bible, throughout all of history. Sexual sin is one of the most prominent sins in the Bible. It was clearly one of the most prominent sins in the land of Canaan. That's why God is warning them against all these things. And guess what? It's one of the most prominent sins in our culture today. So another application of this is you should seek to live uh, differently from the world when it comes to sexual morality. God has called you out of this world to live in a different way for him. So I want to encourage you to examine yourselves what are the ways that you are letting the sexual immorality of the world into your life, whether that is in your actions, whether that's just in your mind, in your thoughts, in the thoughts that you allow to get through your head uncontested, uh, through the things you put before your eyes, what are you doing when it comes to sexual purity? Are you seeking to live a life that is very distinct from the world? That is a very relevant application from Leviticus 18 until now. The always principle, God's people should be distinct from the world in their sexual ethics and morality. Now you should be. And what are the temptations that you face? And you need to say, I am going to put to death the deeds of the flesh. I'm not going to let my mind be conformed to the image of this world. I want to honor God. And that even just helps. The question is not how close can I get to the world? The question is how much can I honor God? That is what I want to do. So there we are in the middle of Leviticus. And guess what? It is so relevant. 
that this is so important for us to understand. It's so important for us to read about the Day of Atonement and see how it points forward to Christ and today to consider a helpful cross-reference from Hebrews that helps us think about the assurance that that should give us in our ability to approach God. And we also see this very needed warning about just the danger of the sexual immorality of worldly culture. So I pray that our time in Leviticus helps to make us more holy as we understand the gospel and apply it to our lives. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.